when you come into my classroom, I immediately tell you two things. One, um, student comes before athlete, okay. right? Mm -hmm. But in my class, you're, no, you're not student athlete, you're not student. In my class, you're entrepreneurs. And I am either, look at me in my class as a potential employer or a, a potential investor. So when you're talking to me, you're talking to me about things you're interested in, um, because I want to know, am I going to invest in you as mm -hmm, an individual? Mm -hmm. Hello everyone and welcome to Understanding the Entrepreneur's Fundamental with Professors Ever Everton Thompson. My name is Laura Rojas and as always, it is a pleasure for me to be here. In this episode, we will delve into the significance of foundation subjects for individuals on entrepreneurial path. We'll explore the essential elements that aspire entrepreneurs should learn and master before assuming managerial positions in startups and businesses. Additionally, we will discuss the role of financial management and marketing knowledge in achieving success. Let me introduce our dear and respected Professor Everton Thompson, faculty from Atlantis University School of Business. He is a well-qualified and results-driven sales and management executive, executive with many years of comprehensive experience in providing technology solutions. Welcome, Professor. Thank you so much for being here with us. Glad to be here. Professor, you are currently teaching two classes at Atlantis University, right? Yes, I've, uh, but I've, I've taught several business courses since oh. I've been at the university. Yes, but oh. currently two. The, those are foundation of business and principles of marketing? Correct, correct. Okay, correct. okay. Professor, to begin, and in addition to the topics that we will discuss today, of course, I am curious to learn the path that took you or that shaped the, your journey as a faculty member in, in Atlantis, especially in your area. Could you please tell us a little bit about that story? Absolutely. I feel like I've, it's come full circle. Um, um, I, I think I told you before, I went to, I came to the United States, like a lot of the students here from an international background, okay. um, went to college, and now you know, I'm in the United States of America. And so I have a similar background to them because a lot of them are, are new to the United States. But what was really good is that when I got out first out of college, I worked in the retail industry, the business industry. Um, I provided products and services. Um, I went to work for a technology company um, for about 25 years. And, and that technology company allowed me to work in different areas of, of business, corporate business, which allowed me to understand call centers, customers, technology, project management. Um, I worked in all areas of management within it. Mm -hmm. So I'm fully aware of the, how corporations work. You know, and after that, I had started a business that helped other companies start up, okay. uh, become entrepreneurs, business development, and and so I have a great background. And I think I've I've i probably associated with over 400 startup companies and entrepreneurships oh, wow. that I've that I've helped or worked on, and I, I got a great experience there. Um, what I love about the university is I'm kind of giving students a head start into understanding the way business works and how to hit the ground running. Um, so all of the knowledge that I've had in that 35 years of being in business, owning a business, and being a part of the entrepreneurship world, I want these students to understand that um, they have this at their fingertips right now mm -hmm. more than ever before. So that because what I found is, you know, when you're um, when you're trying to give advice to someone that has their own business and they've done it themselves their mm -hmm, whole life mm -hmm. and they know how to do it and they, they don't listen as well. They know it all. They know it all, <laughs> right? So they know all the mistakes. That's what they know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when I'm talking with these they students, don't. when I'm talking to these students, they're a light bulb. I love to see when the light bulb goes off okay. in the student's cell, like, ah, professor, that makes sense. Now mm. I understand it. Because again, 
what, we're, what I'm teaching is the foundation. I feel if, if they understand this foundation that I'm sharing with them, mm-hmm. they only build on it. And they'll be critical. I've already, um, when I talk with the kids, they, they know already that when they go to work or interview with a business or a company, they're going to ask them these questions. They're going to they're going to they're going to ask them, hey, tell me about your customer. You've been there, of course. Right. Yes. They're going to ask the right questions. When you ask the right questions of possible employers or employees, um, they'll know, wow, this guy's sharp because you're writing, asking the right questions. Of course, that's true. Right. That's true yes. Oh, wait a minute. They're asking tough questions. They're understanding questions uh-huh. because the questions that they get from the fundamentals of marketing or business that I try to you know, talk to them about, those fundamentals are something that is totally missing from a lot of businesses today. Of course. They didn't get the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get the fundamentals because a lot of companies focused on the product. Mm-hmm. A lot of companies focused on the features and, and the price. So the product feature impact. While most companies need to focus as, as a foundation on who their customer is, mm-hmm. um, value their employees. So of great course. employees, great customers, right? And then what value they provide to the, the, their, their customers. Mm-hmm. Those are the focuses. And in my class, we kind of talk about that all the time on how we provide value, how we provide, how we understand our customers, how we understand um, employees, how employee satisfaction is so key mm-hmm. to not just being successful, but it also, if you don't have a lot of employee turnover, it costs you less money. Every time you have to train and hire new, it costs you more money. And the learning curve and, and everything. And the learning curve. Yes, and who suffers? Your customer. Of course. Right. So <laughs> the, more, the more you uh, focus on taking care of your customers and taking care of your employees, um, that is your value. Okay. That you become a valuable asset to someone and uh, you're going to command more money and more influence. So, Professor, you, you, I mean, like you have a great deal of experience, of yeah. course, in your area. How do you, I mean, like how, how was just, how was that, that transition that led you to, to teach? Because you have so many things to teach that is really interesting for students to be in your class, of course. Well, it, it, the, the, I did a, while sitting at home during COVID, right? Okay. <laughs> I, 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 um, I took this test that says, hey, what are you, are you living your passions? You know, one of these things, are you oh. living your passion? What, what would you do if you had all the money in the world? What would you do? And I knew that I loved, I've always loved um, getting people to be successful, Right. I always love. And and then you ask yourself, well, how many ways can I do that? Well, I can do it by how many professions allow that? Well, I could be a coach. I could be a teacher. I could be, um, you know, I could provide a a study class, a training class. There's many different ways I can do it. And then I was uh, approached um, by one of the deans who was asking me, actually, if I had any um, advice on somebody to send to the university. And I said, "Well, I have a, I have an MBA. I haven't, <laughs> I don't, I haven't used it. So, um, so I, I thought I'd try it out. And I just, I just, absolutely, um, I'm loved it. I, I've, I've loved every. Uh, there's not been a moment that I haven't looked forward to talking with the with the with the um, the young adults. As a matter of fact, when you come into my classroom, I immediately tell you two things. One, um, student comes before athlete." Okay. Right, but in my class, you're no—you're not student athlete. You're not student. In my class, you're entrepreneurs, and I am either look at me in my class as a potential employer or a, a potential investor. So when you're talking to me, you're talking to me about things you're interested in, um, because I want to know: Am I going to invest in you as mm-hmm. an individual? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I going to? Uh, um, Am I going to uh, want to be a part of your world? Because that's what, that's what really happens. We go out in the world and we start talking about things we love and passionate about, mm-hmm. right? And in that networking, somebody remembers, wow, this guy was really good, he really understood, and through that you're going to get, through that you're going to get either 
a job. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to want you to work for them mm-hmm. because they find your passion. Or, or two, somebody might want to partner with you on a business opportunity, an idea where that's how you start your entrepreneurship. So the more you understand yourself, the more you understand your passions and your loves and the things you like to do, um, and then you translate that into um, a, a, a networking situation, the more opportunities will come your way. So anyway, that's the way I got here because <laughs> of the fact I really uh, th- I thought about how I was going to give back, and this route is amazing. This is something I can do forever. <laughs> But you have been doing it forever because now that I'm thinking, I mean, like as a consultant, your clients, I mean, like you were teaching them, of yes, course. Yes, yes, of course. You know what? I was always teaching someone to yes, be better. I, yes. I know, and anytime I, uh, even when I was in this, played sports, I was always a captain or a coach oh. or something. Like, and I have coached. I've coached football teams, basketball teams, oh. and things of that nature. So this is just along of who a I am. A wide variety. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I am, I'm living my passion, nice. which is um, teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and all these years of doing it uh, to adults, now I'm doing it to young adults. Right? <laughs> Professor, what would you say is the best way of teaching about business? The best way to teach about business Um, the best way to teach about business is to always remember, as I, I said earlier, that to keep your customer first. Okay. Because what happens is, is that um, you, you have customers out there that you need to get to know. You need to understand what they want, what they're interested in. There's so much information available, either through surveys either through interviews, either through um, just getting to know them. So once you understand your business, understand customers, it's then very easy to decide what do they need, right? Mm-hmm. And so the companies that do it best, or if you're going to start a company, the way to start your cust- company best is understanding your customer, customer needs. And once you do that, it's very easy um, to, um, to opportunities will come your way. Okay, yeah. okay. And what would you say is the best way of learning about business? Uh, the best way to learn about business is, I'll give a great example of this. Um, once you find that Uh, thing you're passionate about. Let's, let's say you're passionate about baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> baseball, <laughs> right? Ask yourself, what are all the stakeholders that are involved in baseball, right? Interesting. So let's say you're, so what are all the people that are involved in baseball? Where there's coaches, mm-hmm. there's stadiums, mm-hmm. there's sponsors, advertisers, physical therapists. Mm-hmm. I can go on and on. Mm-hmm. I have the students sometimes do that. We can go 35, 40 people that are engaged in a business. All of those people are in an industry you love. So don't go through life blind. Now when you see these okay. folks, when you see coaches and all these things, you start, saying, you start asking them questions like, hey, how'd you get involved in this business? What did it take? What education did you have? Right? So you're learning. Mm-hmm. You're learning an industry. You're learning a business. Um, You're learning something. You're getting network. So when you decide that you're going to start a business or get into a business, now you've developed a network of people that you can go talk to or apply to. Mm-hmm. Or you can decide on there may be people within this industry that you can partner with to start a business. Um, and that's the best way to do it. The best way to start a business or to be in the business world is through networking. Is through networking and following your passion. So mm-hmm. that's, that's how I recommend uh, the best way to start a business is. It, is. it is interesting that you mentioned because it's like listening, no? I mean, like we are some way, somehow uh, like, I don't know, blind or, or, or deaf if, you, if you, you don't want to listen to your client. But it's so important and in communications is the same. I mean, like to, to give a right message, you have to listen first to the person who is going to receive the message so you know how to approach it correctly. Absolutely. 
Uh, professor, e, let's talk about marketing, because of course it's, a, it's, it's very common to talk about it, but maybe some people, we don't really understand the impact that it has in a business. So in today's rapidly evolving market, how can inspire entrepreneurs become savvy in marketing to meet precisely what you're mentioning, the yeah. customer needs? Yeah, it's in, in this day, it has to be multi-channel, right? Okay. Has to be multi-channel. Um, of course, I, I mentioned already to put the customer first, but there are tons of analytical tools that are out there mm -hmm. to help you to monitor what clients and customers are doing. You have to reach customers how they prefer to be reached, right? If, if I don't watch YouTube, then a podcast won't work for me. Mm -hmm. um, if I don't watch television, the TV won't work for me. Uh -huh. If I have Instagram, maybe I want to follow you on Instagram. Maybe I want to follow you on Facebook. You have to, you, once you know your customer and you, you find out how they want to be talked to, how they want to be reached, how they want to be marketed to, you have to ask them. You know, I, I do this um, and then with marketing, um, you can, You can use celebrity endorsers. Uh -huh. You can do internet influencers. All of these things can help you market your business better. But it's, it starts with your customer. I, I do this example in class where I ask everybody in the classroom, because I said, everybody, do you own a hoodie? You know, a hoodie? Uh -huh. They all say yes. And I said, okay, what color hoodie do you like? So I go around the room, and three of them say, five of them say black, some of them say blue, some of them say green, some of them say gray, some of them say red, whatever it is. And then I said, well, I'm going to start a company with brown hoodies, right? Yes, of course. So <laughs> I did, I at, because I love brown, right? Uh -huh. But you don't do things because you love. Don't fall in love with your product. And that's fall, very common, of fall course. In, yeah, huh. fall in love with your customers. Your customers mm -hmm. love blue. And so, and that's, and that's, that's how, how you start. But the great thing about today's marketplace is that I always ask the students, um, you can become an entrepreneur today, which we never had that opportunities when I was growing up that you could just become an entrepreneur. You can have a, you can have a social media page, um, an Instagram page, and make money. Be start becoming an in influence, influ influencer. Mm -hmm. Start being an entrepreneur immediately. Uh, you're going to have certain people that, are, are, that, are, that come to your page. Those are your customers. You're going to ask them, hey, how am I doing? You know, do you like this? What do you want to see? You see, you can't have thick skin. You need to be able to ask people what they want mm -hmm. and deliver on. People, peop, I think people rather be asked what they want for dinner <laughs> yes. than you just provide food that you like to eat. Yes, you know what I'm saying? True. So uh, that's all that entrepreneurship takes is that people come to you to get what they want because you know what they want. And nowadays with marketing, marketing um, is so multi-channeled and understand that any business you have, have you have to use multi-channels mm -hmm. and they give you Google analytic tools, they give you tools mm -hmm. that allow you to manage all of the streams that you're doing. Um, Uh, you can start something on Amazon. They give you multi-channel, right, of ways of touching a customer. I think also uh, Shopify mm -hmm. is a great way to start for an entrepreneur uh, that knows what they want. It's also multi-channel. So when you're thinking marketing, think multi-channel. Think know your customer, right, mm -hmm. and everything will be okay. Okay, thank you, yeah. Professor. Well, there are some concepts that we don't hear about that much, uh, what well, lately, I guess, but they have been around forever and they have, of course, importance and that's why they exist, like social responsibility. Yeah. I would like to discuss this uh, also because, as I'm telling you, I mean, like, right now, everything is so multi-channel and people are talking, like, everywhere that mm. we maybe lose of sight something that is really important, too. So, what is your opinion about social responsibility? responsibility on entrepreneurship on entrepreneurship I'm sorry and how can it contribute to the success of a business it is it still valid oh it's more than valid okay. than ever matter of fact it could more lead to ever. the okay. demise of a business see customers now not only care about their products mm -hmm. they care about the companies they buy from okay. so they, you know they want to know how does this company treat its female employees He, they want to know, oh, yes, companies right. want to know, how are, are, they, are they hiring folks of color? 
They want to know, does this company do business with countries that have child labor? Because remember, we're living in a global economy now, not just a, you know, in mm-hmm, our country. Mm-hmm. And, and I teach this in the class that we, we have to learn all the, what other countries, what are, you know, what is happening in those countries. You know, if, if I decide to go to um, certain countries that are a little bit more communistic or socialistic, um, you're going to have the pressures of bribery. People are going to bribe you. They want money mm-hmm. in order for you to do business. Mm-hmm. That's not ethical. That could not be ethical because, you know, we don't know what, that, what they're doing with that money, mm-hmm. right? It's not getting, necessarily getting back in the hands of the folks there. Um, we, we care more about clean energy and, and yes. going green. You know, is the company that you're working, on, working with or the company that your business you're starting um, – are they really thinking about clean energy? Are they are they are they going to countries and and using all their natural resources and leaving it barren? Customers care about that stuff mm-hmm. now, about child labor that there's not kids working there. Yes. And the minute that your company is associated, and this happened with some major corporations already, are associated with with um, either either child labor uh-huh. or political systems or whatever. People will pull their product. They will not buy your product anymore. Mm-hmm. So corporations today have even more of a social responsibility than they've ever had before because of the fact that everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. People have more access to information now, and it's harder to you know, hide things, I guess. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so ethical management, eth- eth- being ethical in your business is such an important part. Being ethically responsible is key, right? Um, in every business, and and the again, I always say customers care, mm-hmm. but your employees care. So, yes. so also, if in in to be ethical, you can't just oh we won't let the customers know, but if the employees know, you won't have you'll have unethical employees, right? And and then. Um, when you have unethical employees, unethical customers, your business will eventually go out of business. It'll get it'll get out yes. for the most part. So, um, so you have to be coherent. You have to be. It's it's so more important. It's 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 much more important nowadays for you definitely to have uh, responsibilities, social responsibilities, um, ethical responsibilities throughout your organization. And we could say then that if you, like we're saying, like if we do things wrong, of course people are gonna know. But of also if we do things right and you treat well your, your employees, your staff, your customer, this is also a, a voice that is gonna spread, no? You don't have to, well, of course you have to do marketing, but people are gonna know that because it's yeah, what we, everybody's gonna be talking that's about. That's why each company starts with they try to start with a vision statement, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. A vision statement is, you know, says, hey, this is what, who we are, right? Mm-hmm. This is who we are. This is what we believe. And then they, and then they put out a mission statement, mm-hmm. which a mission statement is basically, these are the steps we're going to take towards our vision. Mm-hmm. Okay. It has to be in every level of the organization that they're constantly talking about the vision and the mission and being ethical. You have to buy in from top to bottom. It's not something that you put here and then you never see Mm -hmm. again. It is something that you have to buy into an organization. It'll come through. It's like everything, you know. It's like you you have, it will come across to the customers. It'll come across to um, people if everybody's not living the same principles. The same culture, yes. The same culture. It's cultural. Yeah. Yes, it is the, the corporate culture, actually, because it's not just about the speech, because you have to, I mean, like, you can have it everywhere. Yeah. But if your employees or yourself, like like the CEO or whatever, are not acting, like, in a coherent way with that mission and vision statement, it's like, it's it's not true. Yes. It doesn't come, okay, okay. Yeah, the, the, creating that, um, that culture within your business that is a representative view, right? Because in some way, like I said before, when somebody has your product, mm-hmm. they want to feel good about their product. Yes. Right? You don't want to do anything to make a, your customer feel bad about a mm-hmm. product, right? Mm-hmm. So and they attach themselves to a culture and that they believe in. Yes. Because at the end of the day, uh, people 
don't buy on price. They buy on value. Mm-hmm. What is the value of your company to the customer? Yes, as a customer, I have to, to share like the value that the company offers. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. And professor, let's say that, well, a person has a good product, a, a good yeah, business, and in, he or she is trying to do things right. Mm-hmm. But it, he, may, he or she makes a mistake, you know, like that mistake happens every day. And maybe customers are like, you know, reluctant to buying your product. I mean, like, is there a way, or there are ways, I guess, to, you know, to fix that situation? Because sometimes people, when they are in, getting into entrepreneurial, maybe they are really afraid of making these type of mistakes. If they do, I mean, like, what is the best way to approach this and not being so, like, uh, like everything is going to end because it's something that, that happened against your customer? I mean, like a crisis management, for, for instance, how, how can it be done? Um, I remember when I was a kid, I, I wet my bed, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I could either hide the sheet under my bed and after okay. a while it'll begin to smell, right? Oh. Or I could say, Mom, I'm sorry, I wet my bed. You know? Be honest. I wet my it. bed, be honest, right? Um, we are very forgiving people. We, yes. Most people just hate to be lied to. Yes, of right? course, definitely. Um, if you, I, I don't think making a mistake. I think that the fact of people not knowing that you can make a mistake, um, you don't want those people around you. I, and I mean this in a real way. I, I've been in corporations before where the, 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 the C-level the okay. were so afraid of not making their profits or not doing what they wanted that they hid money. Again, ethics. They hid money. They did offshore accounts. They, 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 they moved books around, right? They moved stuff around to make themselves look profitable. End of the day, it got worse. You should have a culture that says, hey, we want you always to do the right thing. If you're doing the right thing, we can turn things around, take the steps to turn it around. So as any employer or any employee or any company, there's been companies out there, restaurants that didn't pass an inspection, mm-hmm. right? And they get, you know, they get out there. Hey, I always tell people the best restaurants to go to are the ones who failed an inspection. <laughs> Why? Because they have to correct yes, everything, uh-huh. right? So yeah, so I think showing your flaws, showing you've recovered, showing you didn't kill you. I think people like that story. Yes, it's true. I think people I like that story, and I think they will, they will, they'll, people will come back. So yeah. What we're talking about is ethical behavior in business, right? If you tell the truth, if you are not afraid, right, Mm -hmm. and you don't hide things, um, at the end of the day, you're going to be better off because if you're caught in that lie, if you're caught deceiving, whether Mm -hmm. or not it's authorities, customers, you're you're dead. Your, your, Your reputation's dead. Your business is dead you've got to start over. And if you truly love and are passionate about the business that you've started, there is no plan B. So be ethical with plan A. Do plan A right, so you never have to worry about plan B. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Professor. Um, As an entrepreneur, what thriving markets would you suggest to individuals considering or, or to individuals to consider for their business ventures? Well, right now, technology, you've got to keep your hands mm. on the pulse of what's going on. Yes, true. There, uh, we talk about all the time uh, certain technologies that are just exploding, and new ones are exploding every day. Um, blockchain technology, which is what... Um, cryptocurrency runs on or internet of things you'll hear iot which is basically everything's online iot means everything's (laughs) online there's no there's no wi-fi code (laughs) we're all online (laughs) everything's online right so if everything's online you know what companies what 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 is needed oh well you need cybersecurity, right Cybersecurity is big because they, everybody's online. You have to protect people's information. That's very key. Virtual reality, augmented reality. So those are very important. Hey, look, you want to buy a house? 
you can go online and see the house, everything, all, every camera angle, every angle there is. We're, we're, virtual reality and augmented reality is a way of, of giving you all the information you need mm -hmm. at your fingertips. And that's what consumers want. They, wanna, they want their time back. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I got to rush home. I got to go see a house. Well, why don't you see it now? Oh, I have to decorate my living room. Well, you can de decorate it from here by using these, these technologies that are out there. So there is robotics. I mean, robotics is making such great strides in medicine, um, in uh, replacing limbs and all of that stuff. Um, any kind of applications. People are writing applications left and right because they want their information at their fingertips. They of want course. to be able to use things. Um, you know, nobody, everybody wants their, hey, if I want to know my heart rate, I want to be able to go on an app and find my heart rate. <laughs> if I need to know blood pressure, I have my heart rate, right? Of course, of course. Um, so those are just great industries as well. Um, but the shared economy is the one that is the most interesting to me because right now we, we're, we're still buying cars, but at some point we won't. We'll just share cars, share rides. I mean, mm. do you really care? I mean, not right now. People want to be in a fancy car, but maybe sometimes they just want transportation. Mm -hmm. Right? So That's it's shared true. to come. Right now, just think, the largest um, hotel in the world mm -hmm. don't own any hotels. And what's that? Uh, I don't know. Airbnb. Oh, the largest taxi yes, company in the world right. doesn't own any cars. That's Uber and Uber. Uh, uh, yes. Right? So, so we're sharing stuff, mm -hmm. and the shared economy is uh, uh, is one of those uh, emerging um, things. That are going to guess the largest movie studio doesn't own any movie theaters or studios. And what's that? Netflix. Netflix. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're right. Shared economy. Everything is shared. Um, so I remember Wayne Heisinger oh. uh, said once <clears throat> is that his key to entrepreneurship is to buy something once and then rent it over and over again, right? Like a hotel room, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you leave, somebody else goes in. Yes. Let's think of a dry cleaner. You buy the machine once and then so people keep washing. One investment and one yes. investment uh -huh. with maintenance on it and people keep uh -huh. using it. So that's, that's the idea of a shared economy. What can you provide? Right, right uh -huh, now, uh -huh. and that's why people are going and they're trying to create apps they can license. Like, what could you create now that somebody will want to see and license over and over again? That's, I mean, literally, that's what they're doing with with YouTube and Instagram and podcasts, right? Yes. So you have content, <laughs> you have content, uh -huh. and then somebody's willing to subscribe to it, and you get paid, and you're, you know, so it's subscriptions. So those are some of the technologies yes. needs. So anything to do with um, shared economies, um, virtual reality, um, let me see if they're, well, electric cars are out there, but like I said, I think there's reach a point where, you know, you, we'll go downstairs and there'll be a vehicle we use and we'll take it home. With, That's a very interesting point. Yeah, why, why, why worry about parking, insurance? And traffic. Traffic. If somebody come and get you, you know, that's yes. work. So I, I think that's uh, some, of, some of the key. But it's, it changes daily. And, it's, and it's, it's fascinating because it surprises me daily when, when new ideas. So that's why it's important to continue to um, stay engaged, conversation, yes. networking. These things are happening all the time. And when you are, and when you are having these conversations, opportunities Mm -hmm. will come your way yes, it's true. because you're because it's something you're interested in if you um, isolate yourself and stay and stay in your room and stay behind walls and and you're not out there and you're not doing it opportunities will go by you yes yeah. definitely definitely thank you professor and regarding the corporate structure because maybe some people you know like at the beginning they have a great idea or they really have the passion to start a business but they don't really understand like uh, corporate structures mm -hmm. what do they have to think about uh, in choosing the structure that they need for their their venture or their business yeah. they want to start well there are all kind of structures out there there is vertical structures, you know, mm -hmm. all these layers of management and they're wide structures, you, you know, there's functional departments. Um, you got informal, depending on the country, informal, where mm -hmm. 
you know, everybody walks around in a T-shirt. You know, <laughs> you don't know the difference between the president and the vice president. <laughs> yes. And you've got you've got um, very formal ones where you know you're not allowed to talk to this person. Uh -huh. You have to go through this person uh -huh. to talk to this person. Okay. Um, your structure is, to me, is best dependent. Again, I I go back to our customers. How the the less it's like your food, right? Mm -hmm. you, want, you want as less people touching your food as possible, right? You want the food, it's more natural, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you want a person who catches the food, who, who catches that fish, and then the person who cooks it, and then to your table, yes, right? Yes. You don't want a lot of steps, right? It makes me feel better. I know where my food's coming from, right? Uh, corporate structures are the same. You have a passion, a vision for your business, mm -hmm. right? A company. That's your vision, right? So... People have to articulate your vision, which is the employees. Mm -hmm. How many layers do you want to create between you and the customer? Mm -hmm. Okay, so be mindful of the layers you create. L create layers through necessity, through, and, and I always taught this in business. Uh, you create layers where there are things that are very, very repetitive. Okay. So when things, so if they're think, I'll give you an example. Um, Back in the day when I worked for, with AT&T, I was responsible for call centers. And a lot of call centers would, would agents, would, people would call into the call center mm -hmm. requesting to the agent that was picking up the phone. So we have 500 agents. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the agents are, what's my balance? What's my balance? What's my balance? <laughs> well, we said, well, the, we can f develop a system where we can just tell them the balance. Why are we have 500 people to tell balance when it's automated? Mm -hmm. And people say, well, I don't want my customers talking to machines. And I said to them, it's not that your, your customers are talking to machines. It's that you're giving your customer a choice. Oh, okay. The choice is, do you want to, you, do you want to wait in queue for 20 minutes? Oh. Or do you want to just get your balance? Right, so you let the customer decide you how you choice. add technology, yes. how you add people, how you add, uh, how you build your corporate structure. You just don't automatically assume that we're going to have this department, this department, this department, this department, because there's, through my experience, mm -hmm. there's only one department who cares about the customer. And I get a lot of pushback. One, the reason being, I've sat into large conference rooms. Uh -huh. Okay, so I had the head of HR, the mm -hmm. VP of HR. I was thinking about that. Uh -huh. The VP of IT, the VP of finance, uh -huh. the CEO, mm -hmm. all right? And we'll just stop at operations, right? Okay. So the operations he cares about is all the systems up and working, mm -hmm. right? That the organization is when is everything up and working like it should. The IT is all the technology. He's like, is the technology working? Are we going to have uptime? Okay, right, right, right. And then we have HR. HR is responsible for each department has a request for um, an employee. Uh -huh. So she's going out there and she's trying to get uh -huh. figure out who is the best person for the job, uh -huh. right? And then you have the CEO who is responsible to his shareholders, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So if I sat in that meeting, which one of those people are going to bring up the customer? Yes, well, we'll be missing, yes, yes. like, yes. So you customer to, service or... Well, uh, marketing, right? Yes. So that's the one department. So what's very important when you create layers and lots of people, there's a lot of conversation that have nothing to do with the customer. It is so true. Right. So, so it's, true. So, it's, so, so yes, uh, corporate structures are fine as long as you develop corporate structures based on the needs of the customer, right? Um, and also, you don't want them to be um, barricades from the customer. Yes. Um, you, ever, you ever see a celebrity has all these bodyguards? Yes, <laughs> yes. Some companies feel like right. that, so, yes, of course. <laughs> so when I see that, I'm, I no longer like that celebrity. Why, uh -huh. well, why you, and, then I, and then sometimes, we live in South Florida, so we see Sometimes you just see celebrities sitting there relaxing. Relax, I love them. Relax, chill, yes, yes. You know, who are, you know, why do you think you need all these layers? Sometimes you don't. You really don't. And if you do, if you think you need all these layers, then you're doing something incorrect. Yeah, you're missing, you're missing something, you know. 
uh, because the most successful businesses I've found are the people who started doing it themselves. They would tell you, you know, I used to wash the cars myself before, you know. Because they know all the process involved within. The, the best, yes. yeah, the best mm -hmm. restaurants, the best restaurants are the ones who used, the, the owner used to cook, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, so that's how you develop uh, corporate structure is based on what customer needs, not too quickly, mm -hmm. and making sure that everyone in the organization truly has a role that they talk about the customer first. So if we walk about, if we talk, I'm sorry, about, well, the, the entrepreneurial success, mm. do you think it's more dependent on individual efforts or teamwork? Well, it's, it, it, um, It depends what you need surrounding you. Um, what is important, as I mentioned earlier, is that you have a mission, you have a vision, mm -hmm. everybody buys into it, everybody in the organization understands it, everybody um, is marching to it, it's repeated over and over again, you start that way, it becomes a culture. Mm -hmm. Create a business that becomes um, a culture. Once, once you do, once you do that in a business, um, that's all that's needed. It really is all that's needed, um, because if for some reason you're not here today, uh -huh. right? Someone else can be in your place. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily they can do the, your job for you, but they understand the importance of your job, mm -hmm. understand what's needed, yes. right? So management processes are so important as long as everybody buys into the culture, they understand what needs to be done, that you don't isolate people. You don't want layers that are isolated yes. from people. I know, like, you know, I know, like, you should know the role of the professor and how they like to teach. Mm -hmm. and, but you only know that if you were constantly engaged with them. This is what I like to do. This is what, so that if you have to step in, it's not foreign to you because you're saying, I know Professor Thompson. If I was sitting in his classroom, this is what he'd want me mm -hmm. to do, mm -hmm. right? And so um, managerial processes just have more to do to me with understanding um, everyone's role in the organization um, and the processes that are there and that, and that teamwork uh, is the only way to go. Everybody knows their uh, their parts, mm -hmm. but their parts are to make are to make everybody else successful. The best managers in the world are the I've, I've had both. The best managers in the world are the ones who walk in and say, uh, "We missed our mark. We missed our mark, and it's my responsibility, and I'll make sure." Um, that that it never happens again, right? Best managers, right? But there, there are lots of managers that said, hey, I'm brilliant. It's my people suck, right? <laughs> my people are no good. But what do I think? When you tell me that, what do I think? You're the one who selected them. Yes, yes. Right, and, and you're not supporting them. Your role is to, in a, as a manager in a business, is to see your people promoted. It does, it makes you feel so well when people move ahead and then other people get an opportunity to be in those roles. If you're constantly losing people because um, they're not moving up, they're not doing things, then uh, your manager is not looking out for his people. And you want managers that look out for his people, they get them promoted, they get them to the next level. They should always be saying great things about the people who work for them because that's part of their team, right? That's the way you're supposed to do it. So um, it's it's Teamwork works most better than individuals because we can't be masters of everything, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, and then you have to empower people to do mm -hmm. their jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Empower people to get better. So when someone says, you know what, I need this training or I need to take this time off or I need to do this, you, you literally want to say to them sometimes, like, why are you asking? Just do it. <laughs> I mean, Okay. okay. I, I, I've had I've had I've had managers like that. Okay. I've had man oh absolutely like if I tell them hey you know I don't feel like they're like why are you telling me you know do it they they make me feel like I'm empowered 
right, to do it, yes. as long as I'm producing the results. Yes, I was about to tell you is that, it? because it's, it's like a, a, well, yeah. a situation that involves both people. Yeah. See, if you are a good manager that you can trust your team so much, like you said, like, don't tell me, just do it. Just do it. I mean, like, you have to be Empower sure. How can you, how can your children become mm -hmm. adults if you do everything for them? They, they have to fail. They can't, yes. Right? You got it like, uh, oh, I'll never, I never leave my kids at home alone. Why not? We, shouldn't you leave them at home alone? <laughs> at least once. <laughs> Over there at 15 or 16, after they reach 14, yes, of course. Yes, of course. So how they do? Can they cook for themselves? Can they fend for themselves? What do they do when a, when a crisis arises? Do you rather wait until that youngster has to go away to college? It's true. And he's been, and, and, and now he's 17 and he doesn't know how to take care of him. Better to do it when he's 15 or 16 and give them space. The same thing goes with employees. Give them, you know, to, everyone is so amazing in their own way. Mm -hmm. Let people be, live their life to the fullest in terms of getting their, their creativity, their spirit, what, however it takes to go. You know, I know people, I don't care how much I'm a morning person mm -hmm. and I love them to death, but if I had them get up with me at 6 a.m. like I do to work out, they will all try to kill me. Yes, probably. <laughs> because they're not morning people, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not an evening people. If you want, if you like, hey, let's go hang out at midnight, I'm not going to hang out at midnight mm -hmm. because my energy goes down at later in the day because I start so early. I say that too, but if I do best in the morning, then I shouldn't have to require people that do their best work at night to be there with me in the morning. No, it's true. Understand your people. Yes. Right? And when you, I'm sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, no, no. And, no. no, and you, when you empower your employees or your, your team uh, leaders or, or, or whatever, whatever role the person plays in the, in the team, uh, in the company, they can give you the best of them too. I mean, like they can mm. be uh, sure about themselves and, and about the, the competencies they have yes. and they dare to do things and you can be amazed as a leader. Egg, exactly. Um, so you do just need a level of elasticity in the rules, giving mm -hmm. people a chance to experiment and be creative and, and do different things. Um, uh, structure is good. Mm -hmm. Structure is good, but not, yes. too, not, not too strong. Mm -hmm. Not too strong. Yeah. Especially nowadays. I exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, Professor, we are about to finish. Okay. <laughs> we are about to finish. And before we leave, I would like to ask you, what do you believe is the future of, well, a school of businesses and the business students? And Professor, with all the landscape that we have been talking about, mm -hmm. what should the students consider as they prepare for their career in the, for their career in the business field? Um, it's, 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 it's very important that they stay informed, mm -hmm. right? But it's very important that they stay in there from reputable, right, mm -hmm. kind of resources, right? Okay. I'll, I'll give good examples. Um, there are bloggers out there that are sharing information like crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, there's YouTube, there's LinkedIn, there's, there's so many. But you have to get credible resources. It, the information is good, but there's a lot of bad information yes, as well. Right. So choose credible resources. Um, the university provides the library, the mm. um, LIRN, Learn, um, which I think they weed out some of the stuff that, um, that has agendas mm -hmm. so that you get uh, pure information. Mm -hmm. um, I would I, I would just I tell all students that when I went to college many many moons ago, <laughs> um, getting access to information is was hard. Well, you had hard. to go to the library and and it was outdated. Um, students understand now that it's at their fingertips as long as they make sure that they that they're getting it from credible sources. And what what I mean by credible. Is there opinionated bloggers, uh -huh. and then there's journalism. Journalism means that they took the time to do some research, research talk to yes. some people, did some evaluations, and, gave, and then, based on the information they got, they're able to share that information with you with results, right? Yes. Um, so many people now are just looking for people who sound like them, or their opinion, right? So, 
I, I don't, I, and you can have those, but in terms of in the business world, um, uh, there are people out there that are providing out some good information, good knowledge that allows you to pivot. That's the key nowadays. Mm-hmm. You have to, um, it's no longer where you, you know, have a business that's going to stay the same for 20 years. Oh, we're going to do this 20 years. No. You have a Not business anymore. that's constantly moving, constantly involving. Mm-hmm. If you have credible people um, that you're able to read, that you're able to listen to, um, that'll allow you to stay ahead of the curve and not be behind. Um, and that also, again, comes back to your, these students are going to go into business mm-hmm. and employers are going to be looking at what value they provide. Customers look at what value you provide. Again, I'm trying to get them away from thinking about product, price, and features and think about customers and value. How can I become valuable? I have valuable because when they talk to me, mm-hmm. they'll hear that, wow, this, this young man knows what he's talking about. Because at some point, if you're going to start your own business, you're going to have to ask someone for money, right? Yes. People, like to, people like to ask people for money um, that really is passionate about what they're doing and informed about what they're doing. Because there's only a handful of ways you're going to get money, right? You're going you're gonna to go to a bank and... They require a lot of collateral, a lot of money down, a lot of stuff in the bank, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you don't have a lot of money, then the bank's not the way to go. <laughs> you, can go to, you can go to family. Yeah, not everybody has family with a lot of money. Uh-huh. You can get venture capitalists, but they're going to require 50% or more of your profits. Oh, they, wow. you're in, yeah, so they require a lot. Um, or you can network where you have this person has the same interest, and you pool your monies together and start a business. But all the people were... were passionate about that business Mm -hmm. and that industry so they're faithful to it they're not just in it for the money although they're in it because this is something they want to do and then eventually they figured out a lot of other people loved it too so i i I still say stay informed network a lot Mm -hmm. uh and if you don't know something hey if you're into art i'm going to ask you have you been to art basil why not if, you, if you're into art, have you gone to see this guy? Why not? If you're yes. into music, did you go see this? Because while there, what, what happens when you go to, if you're into art and you go to a, an art place, what are you going to find? They start conversations. With other people, people who love uh-huh. art. You, you find kinship. Uh-huh. And, car- and that's how businesses start. That's how careers start. And um, you're living your passion. Is, can I ask you something? When you, when you have... When you know your, your passions mm-hmm. and your interests, mm-hmm. right? And then you're able to turn it into a business and help people. You know what that's called? You found your purpose. Oh, the, yes. Yes. I, I was think, about oh, to say I, being very lucky, but no, yes, yes. We all should be that lucky that we can sit back and say, hey, I found my purpose in life. And when I, when I, when I came to Atlantis University and I started teaching those kids, I sat back and I said, I found, oh. my, I found my purpose in life. I love doing this. Oh, that's so sweet, <laughs> Professor. <laughs> I found my purpose. Nobody right. retires from their purpose. So oh, you're, nice. You're going to see me with gray hair. <laughs> and Professor, I, I had a couple of questions, like just to summarize before wrapping this up, is how would you um, bullet point in, in one hand uh, the essential tools that any entrepreneur, because you have very enthusiastic students, so if I get to your class and I say, Professor, I want to start a business, uh, what are the first tools that I need to master to successfully do that? And how can I prepare, like in your experience, how many times will an entrepreneur fail before actually making it or succeeding? Um, so the tools, that, the tools that you need, um, that you definitely have to have, um, you have to, again, you have to have your customers, right? You have to know your customers, so you have to find out what they want and what they need. Um, you need to have people that support you, right? Support your business because they're going because you're going to need either need a platform, a business, a building, or something. So you're going to need someone to support you. So now you have customers, you have people to support your business. Um, you have you have to have people that share your vision. Um, in the business because they're going to be department heads, right? They share the vision, but they're going to be department heads in your business. So you definitely have to have um, those people that are, are sharing your vision, 
sharing your story. Um, everyone needs um, investors, people that constantly are willing to put money into your business. Um, those investors will come when they definitely see that um, your customers love you. Your customers are impassionate about you. Your customers see your value. That's what they're looking at. See, what happens with people with money um, a lot of times is they've got a lot of money, but they wanted something to do with it. Yes. So what am I going to do with it? Where am I going to put it? They're going to put it in a short thing. A short thing is someone that has, that has done all the homework, that has done the networking, that has built the customers, that is someone that they want to be associated with. Mm -hmm. Those are all the things you're, you, you need to do. Um, you definitely need to have communication skills, right? Because you have to be able to articulate of course. Mm -hmm. what you love in life in life. So articulation, speaking, you can't, you have to go through, you have to be willing to talk to people and network with people. Um, and you need investors. And so how you find investors are people that have similar, uh, you know, if, you're, if you want to start a restaurant, you go someplace where there are other chefs, other people who own restaurants, they're like, wow, okay, we're willing to partner with you because you have a, a particular concept and you have particular customers. Um, but it's great nowadays because, like I said, every single person at any age can begin getting awareness of what mm -hmm. they love and doing by just having a, a social media page or a YouTube channel or whatever. And they're just, they're collecting people and customers. And those are your, you know, they, you could become an influencer. You could be as quick as being an influencer. Like, like, like I'll give you an example of something that's really amazing nowadays is that you could actually um, be interested in seafood, right? Mm -hmm. But all you do is present seafood. You, every restaurant you go to says, this is my favorite seafood restaurant, right? So now you have like, you, you do that for a year and you've visited like a hundred of seafood restaurants mm -hmm. and you've blogged on it. And based on blogging on it and getting it, you, um, you've, you've developed a million followers. That's easy to get a loan. That's easy to get someone to help you open a restaurant. I had a friend that that happened to him. He opened mm. a restaurant, but he had a million followers that oh. would either come to the restaurant or get awareness. So his investors came in easily because they, they knew he was passionate uh -huh. about the business because he blogged about it, he talked about it. Sure. They knew it's something he's going to do and he's going to make sure it was successful all night. Um, and that's the way nowadays, at a very young age and very quickly, you can get start a business is, like I said, get your passions, get your interests, put it online. Um, investors, networking will come to assist you. And then from that point on, um, uh, you continue to grow. You continue to grow. And stay up on what's happening in the, in the, uh, in the, in the blogosphere or in the <laughs> social media fear, yes. sphere. Um, I don't know if that answered your question, but... Yeah, there was another one, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, was, I was saying, like, um, how many times do you think in your experience or, or what you have seen, yes. you fail before making it? <laughs> yes, uh, businesses fail all day, every day. Uh, I, think, I think somebody told me that in crypto, like 700 cryptocurrency uh, companies fail every year, right? Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so... So businesses fail all the time. Yes. Yeah. And um, so that's why you need to um, uh, definitely um, develop a loyal customer base that sees your value. I think a lot of businesses that fail, like I've told you, um, the people fell in love with their idea, right? They fell in love with who they are, the product, mm -hmm. and they just, hey, as long as I get the perfect product, people will come, right? Because yes. I... I I can, you can love a hotel, want to open a hotel, you open a hotel, you put all the great, um, you put, you know, music in it and you put pool and you do all these things to the hotel and the hotel is not on a beach. It's up in the mountains somewhere. Not, not that mountain is fine, but you live in Miami. So, mm -hmm. you know, why is it, you know, mm -hmm. in Weston, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, because people didn't think about Wow, the customer. The customer. Where the customer's coming from. Yeah. So the product, they focus too. And then what they do is, this is the first thing you do. The product's not selling, so they get rid of employees, <laughs> right? Because yeah. 
because you know employees are the number one expense in any business pay yes. payroll yes right? of course so when the product is doing bad they get rid of the payroll right and then when that doesn't work no they goal. lower the price mm -hmm. and that's how companies go out of business that's why i'm very adamant about the fact that if you're talking with a customer or a company you want to work for and there's always they're talking to you about how great their product is that they have the best prices in the world and they have all these features um they're not going to succeed maybe nobody wants to listen they That's don't true. they don't they don't so yeah is there so they question? yes they, so companies do fall in love with their product all the time and their prices and they go out of business because of that so the answer is many times many, many times, times before success that's why I, i'm if, you, if anything you've got from this conversation is that the customer comes first the customer desires and needs knowing your customer and doing whatever you can to delight them mm. is all that matters in the beginning and never stray away from the principles you started with because that's why the customers are with you exactly. when you stray away from that they will leave you you have to keep on doing yeah. that yes well thank you so much professor You're thank welcome. you so much for your time for your wisdom for the, all your advices it's been great to have you here i'm i'm happy to be here and thank you for those compliments the wisdom part i don't know about but <laughs> definitely definitely but i appreciate you as well and to our listeners and watchers please stay tuned for more more episodes thank you so much for being here with us and we will see you next time bye 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 now